I'm Lauren. And I'm Scott. And we're the Reedies. That's right. Reedy spelled ready. It's a pun. One I've heard my entire life. So much so that we've decided to make it a thing. Ready, ready or, or not. not. On this podcast, we'll share our journey to becoming adoptive parents while also running a business together. It may not be easy, but you can bet we're ready or not. Hello, and welcome to Ready or Not Season 3, Episode 11. 11 already? Hey, Chicago. Hey, Chicago. What do you say? (laughs) Today, we're devoting the entire show to our Chicago expansion. That's right. We're just crazy enough to expand our business during a pandemic. What? If you listened last week, you heard us talk about it a little bit uh, and how... Charlie and Allison uh, would come on the show and talk about their jump, you know, coming on to uh, start this crazy adventure with us a while back and then decide to just march on forward when we get to the pandemic. So, yeah. And we actually told all of our listeners, Scott, that they could be on the show or they would be on the show before we even asked them. So thank God that they said yes to being on the show. Yes. What do you say we dive right in? Huh? Here, Here we go. Hey, Charlie and Allison, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, thanks for having us. It's so fun. Y'all are in Chicago, up north. How are things? We're good. It's raining right now. so Yeah, it's kind of been a muggy, raining on and off sort of day. Pretty hot. I don't know if it's probably as hot as where you guys are, though. I was going to say, what uh, probably... what constitutes hot? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it really got, like anywhere near 90 or anything like yeah maybe low 80s today (laughs) okay you guys lucked out so for all of our listeners things are a little bit different in Chicago as far as the COVID pandemic reaction and response so where are you all at in the phasing of opening or reopening or what people can do um so on Friday we're moving into phase four right now we're in phase three so there's some um like outdoor seating at restaurants um some of the parks are open libraries things like that mm-hmm. um all with like different measures in place yeah um, wearing masks still yeah. socially distanced and yeah friday june 26th things are gyms museums the, the lakefront trail is going to open yeah. but people still have to wear masks and still have to you know go by capacity measures and things like that so Well, for everyone listening, in Memphis, we uh, delayed phase three, and then a week later had a record high of 400 cases in one day, which they then amended to 385 because 15 of them were from the previous day, (laughs) as if 385 is uh, any different or any better than 400. So we are currently in a debate of to whether or not we will go back to phase one in our city. Yep. So it's interesting. Of course, I'm sure you didn't expect all of this when we had this conversation about you coming to work for us. Okay, so Charlie and Allison, tell us, uh, let's start with a little bit about you guys. Where are you from? What's your story? Well, I am from Dubuque, Iowa, and I grew up there, born and raised. I went to Loris College. I went to Loris with the idea in mind to be a news reporter. Um, That's where I met Charlie, met him at Loris. And yeah, I just ended up uh, staying in Dubuque when I graduated college because I got a job at KCRG and just started, you know, being a news reporter right after graduation that's kind of my background um i grew up on the north side of chicago um i went to morris as well uh, studied media studies um and then lived there lived in dubuque for a couple years um after 
graduating college and worked as a cameraman at KCRG. We worked together. Allison's <laughs> in the cameraman. Bureau. <laughs> I should note, we didn't yeah, even talk Charlie. about this before we uh, decided to record this episode. We are a couple and you are a couple. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should state the obvious here. <laughs> yeah. You work with your partners. We work yeah. with our partner. What a fun time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And you somehow yep. still like each other Very enough fun. to keep doing it. That's great. <laughs> yep. So after, after a few we years, after yeah. a few years of them, you know, owning Dubuque News, they uh, we convinced them slash they we talked together and decided obviously we we're going to start this, uh, and that started way back in December of 2018. Lauren and I ran into you guys at a, I believe it was a Loris College, like media studies Christmas party. Yep. And Lauren made a comment to I you. I casually said, wouldn't it be cool? Do you all remember this? I really want to hear your recollection of this because we haven't really talked about it. I, I think I said something to the effect of, um, you know, if you ever want to start something in Chicago, give us a call. But it was very uh-huh. cash. What did, what's your recollection? Yeah. Well, Charlie wasn't there, actually. He wasn't. Oh, okay. It was just me. Yep, it was just me. And I, <laughs> the thing I kind of love the most about this story is I happened upon this Loris, like, Christmas party in the media studies lab. <laughs> and I was like, what did I just stumble across? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that. Amazing. It, it was hilarious to find this. I, I just stumbled upon it because I was in uh, Hoffman Hall. Anyway, and yeah, we started, me and Lauren and I were talking and you said, you know, we're, you know, we're doing great at Forever Ready. And I was like, well, yeah, Charlie and I, well, my contract at KCRG will be up in in June. And, you know, we were trying to figure out what would be next. And Lauren said, oh, you know, we're doing great at Forever Ready. And one of our goals is to expand, you know, possibly to, to maybe like Chicago or somewhere in the Midwest. And so that's what we've got going on. And I remember telling Charlie that and kind of just keeping that in the back of my head. And I don't know what Charlie thought when I told him that. I don't know if you even really remember. Well, I know that um, I think at that point I was like into my news camera kind of job. And I was kind of like, well, I kind of want to do something different. And then you mentioned that to me and I kind of just kept it on the back burner. Yeah. Kind of just thought about it, it every, every now and then. Yeah. But yeah, we did both enjoy our jobs, but we just were having a hard time figuring out what would be next because I think we both really liked working with each other in Dubuque. We really enjoyed the freedom of working in a bureau, you know, kind of far away from uh, the newsroom, which is kind of chaotic and filled with drama. So I think we really liked that and we liked just like collaborating together. So we were really sad that that maybe would come to an end. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because I spoke it into the universe. We, we wrote this down in our strategic plan in 2017 and we said expansion in five to 10 years, Mm -hmm. maybe. And we just wrote it down because we thought it would be kind of cool. And so I said it to you out loud and then I kind of forgot. (laughs) I just, I forgot that I brought it up because I um, was so focused on Memphis. And then I think it was in, about a year or yeah about a year ago now well no it was like in april you contacted me and said hey were you serious and i remember looking at scott yeah. saying i mean i was serious in like <laughs> three years when when was that uh like <laughs> coffee conversation that the four of us had? that was uh that was when we came back for in like april of last okay. year yep, yep yeah so so yeah. we yeah. we had this discussion with y'all we had some tough you know we asked some tough questions about sort of the transition and things like that so how long after our conversation did you two start thinking, yeah, 
let's do this. Let's quit our jobs and try this crazy idea. This is pre-pandemic, of course. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I feel like for me, I'm such a person that I think of decisions constantly in my head. I'm always thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Like, I think every decision is like the most major decision ever. So I feel like it was on my mind all the time. Like as soon as I was like, okay, I'm in year two, contract's going to be up in a year. What am I doing? You know? (laughs) Um, So I kind of feel like, you know, once I talked to you at that Christmas party, I was like, well, I've always loved what they do and I love the business they built. And wouldn't that be so cool to be a part of it? And, you know, to kind of continue what we were doing at KCRG in a way, working together and, kind of leading an office still. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I just always kind of kept in the back of my head. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for me, I don't, I don't think of decision-making in the same way that Allison does. I think, <laughs> I think of it as like every kind of possible. Oh, outcome. yes. I think of every. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, know, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Why not try it? We're younger. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of my, I think my thought process with it was, Right now is kind of the perfect time to do it. To make a big transition and a leap. (laughs) Of course, this, again, I reiterate a hundred bajillion times. It was before we had any inkling of a pandemic ahead. But I think what's kind of so fun about it is you have to be, well, first off, you have to be a little crazy to be in news because it's just such a bizarre way to work. It's such a bizarre way of life. It's it's, uh, not your typical Mm. job. I will say as the outsider, the news outsider of the group here, um, (laughs) Yes, agree. Mostly to me, it's around the like do or die deadline every single day. I have never yeah. worked in, I have never seen a place where you're working and maybe you have it like medical field or things like that, but like every single day, your entire thing is like get it on by the five, six, or 10, or you failed that day. Like major failure. Like it's nuts. And when you say that's insane, insane. I'm like, we did that forever. (laughs) Like that was the way of life for so long. It just, it's crazy to think. And when you're saying that, Scott, it's like I simultaneously am like, oh man, I love it. I love that rush. And I'm Uh like, why do I, why would I put myself through that? I know. I'm right there with you. When when we have a deadline for a client now, I'm like, oh my God, do you want it today? I can get it done by today. I promise I can get it done by today. And then I get it done. And I'm like, look at me. I still got it. (laughs) It's just a weird skill set. But I think there's a little bit of crazy to be, to be in news anyway, to be in journalism. And then there's a a lot bit of crazy to say, okay, let's go do this startup. I think there's a lot of crazy there. I think there, I think there's a <laughs> strategic, you crazy. say, you say crazy. I say there's a drive there. There's a certain drive it takes to want and want to ex- uh, succeed in a job that requires you to do and complete every single day, something that is you're willing to put out in front of everyone. Right. And that translates really kind of well into what we're doing. Cause you have mm-hmm. to do that work every single day. Yeah. It takes every single day for a small business of our size. Like there's no days off. It's just kind of, even though we just had a discussion in our morning meeting about days off. <laughs> well, as we grow. Yeah, you know. yeah of course. So um, let's talk a little bit about what what it was like for you to say goodbye, Allison in particular, say goodbye to that uh, public persona. I, I was Lauren Squires. 
and um, you were Allison Wong. I mean, you still are, <laughs> but um, it we, took it took Lauren like four years to give up Lauren Squires. Yeah, I'm, I now I forget that it was in my signature. But can you talk about that shift a little bit, like having to make that decision where you knew, um, you know, you were sort of the hometown hero, so to speak, and the fact that everybody knew you. You went to school. You were on TV. You were their source for news. They trusted you. And then to have to take a, sh- a step back and kind of just be Allison. What's that been like for you? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was really hard to make that decision. And I think that's just the one thing that, um, you know, kept me from making a decision for so long, um, you know, about what was next after KCRG. I mean, I, I really knew I wanted to work for you guys, but it was just hard to, you know, make that a reality to let go of the persona, as you said. Um, and the so ability to park anywhere all the time in your news vehicle because you wear you have a KCRG vehicle and you can park anywhere and no one will tell you. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we, we missed that for sure. <laughs> and I remember moving down to Memphis and watching the Iowa caucuses and I was pretty sad that I wasn't there reporting. Um, that was hard to watch. But it's gotten easier and I'm so happy with the decision I don't think about it you know I I feel like I maybe was a little sad if I'd see like a person from KCRG's post or something you know I might be like oh man I was good at that job and it's sad to not be there anymore um but no I'm so so happy with what we're doing and I love the post news life (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's that you you touched on something that I think is really important to to address and, and, and talk about. And that is like, you were really good at something. Like I was really good at something. We were both really good at those jobs. And when you're really good at something, it's natural to you and you, you like it most of the time. And, um, all of those things, it's hard to, to walk away from something that you're really good at. (laughs) It's, it's just weird to be like, wait, but I am good at this. And not in a cocky way, not in like a, I can't improve way, but just like it comes naturally to me. So to make that decision, I think um, there's a level of maturity there, but then also an identity to say, well, just because I'm good at this doesn't mean this is what I should be doing with my gifts. I think it takes uh, trust in yourself to be willing to walk away from something you're really good at to do something different. Certainly. And trust in your bosses. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 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 Which I will say, I will say as, um, you know, as the folks who came up with this idea and and then convinced you to take the leap, We've, we've certainly felt a sense of responsibility that it be successful and that it go well. Um, and there's been a lot of stress that goes with that, given what's happening in our world, <laughs> given this, the fact that you all were here for six weeks and then had to work from your studio apartment. So let's talk about that mm-hmm. with our listeners. You moved down to Memphis. The intention was come here six months of like boot camp style, forever ready. Here's how we do it. Here's what the business is. Peel back all the layers come up with a business plan and a marketing plan, go to Chicago. Yeah. We had this like whole grand plan of training and scale up. And for those first weeks, you know, we were getting together in that office and like going through business planning and how we do pricing, why we do pricing and what it costs on the business, all these backend things like production schedules, how to schedule things out, how to estimate, like just kind of from square one, making sure we were all on the same page. And then the pandemic. And, we moved home. <laughs> and then you literally moved your desk to your studio <laughs> apartment. Yeah. Never thought that was going to happen. <laughs> so what was, what was going through your mind in those moments when we were all very uncertain? 
Um, I will. It's funny because I was thinking about like when we first started there, we were filling out things of like, oh, like what's some of the things that would happen that would make this like not work out? And I kind of like listed them in order in my head of like, oh, like we get to Chicago and there's already like a bunch of production companies doing this type of thing, stuff like that. And like the last one was like the economy completely like tanks. And I was like, oh, I was yeah. probably like the least likely. And then like that happens. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay. I was about to say, if you wrote global I mean, pandemic I mean, on your piece of paper, then we need to have a talk because I need, <laughs> I need some stock tips. But economic. Yeah. Economic is definitely a result of the pandemic. And that I agree. I think that was, that was yeah. on my list of things that would make it not go well. So as you can imagine, as we sent you home to work from home, I was like, oh my God, they just quit their jobs. They're down here. They've trusted us to like build this with them. And we have no idea what the economy is going to do. And I've honestly had moments when they've been on the phone now where it doesn't even feel like they've left Memphis because we spent so much time sort of building that relationship and talking to them every day when they were already remote. still still in memphis but on the phone and so yeah. now we're on the phone still but now they're in chicago yeah that's true and in many that's ways not- i was in the office today actually and i was like oh that's where charlie and allison used to work and you're right it doesn't it the, the transition to the remote communication kind of it was, was was flawless seamless. yeah it was sort of forced upon us when they moved to the studio apartment and then now we yeah. all just you know no big deal zoom <laughs> call or a you know, Google Meetup is a Google Meetup. Yeah, it's all the same. Cats and children interrupting our meetings. No big deal. <laughs> so can you talk about what has been the biggest challenge for you working for a um, startup production company? As you can see, we're struggling to think yeah. of one. Uh, um, maybe just kind of like, you're kind of like a small fish in a big pond when you get to a city like Chicago. So it's kind of yeah. like getting your name out there. I mean, I think that's, it's kind of like a little bit of like an easy answer, but well, you just spent all I this time talking happens. about how news prepared you for this. So I understand why it's fine. It's hard to find a challenge. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like the, yeah, I don't think the, the production stuff, putting things together, like that stuff has come a little more naturally to mm-hmm. us, but I think the just kind of like, yeah. Making connections. Well, and I guess for me personally, and it's not that it's specific to working for a startup, but just in like how my, job responsibilities have shifted, you know, from when I was a news reporter to what I'm doing now, like as a client manager, video producer, as a news reporter, you call someone up and you're like, Hey, do an interview today. And they're like, okay, would love to most of the time. Um, But now it's like, I have to try to make connections with people and, you know, hope that they'll want to have us make a video for them. You know, it's not, it's not the same, uh, you know, like, yeah, just, let us make a video for you. And they're like, okay, right. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not like a daily story that could give them positive press. That's you actually trying to sell them to tell a story. <laughs> yeah. Although it's funny because yeah. there's a lot of sales involved in convincing someone to do an interview in news or even pitching the story to the folks back in the newsroom. But it's totally different when it's somebody yeah. else's brand versus their story, most certainly. So what has been the easiest part? Then we still get to work together. <laughs> yeah, I think that that is good. That's legit. Uh, yeah, um, I, the easiest part too, I think, is um, like being in Memphis was really nice for the first like month and a half that we were able to like be with other people. Mm-hmm. I think for like the last 
two or three and a half months or whatever, however long we were there for. <laughs> Forever. Um, the endless days. <laughs> Not being able to like see anybody, things like that. I think that's kind of been like an easy thing is like, oh, like, Moving back, we're not far from Dubuque. We're not, I mean, my parents are like five minutes away now, mm-hmm. so. And it was easy to just be a part, to become a part of the team, the Forever Ready team. Um, I mean, it helped because most of the Forever Ready team are Duhawks. What? So that what? But <laughs> even, if, even if we weren't all Duhawks and we didn't, and, you know, we knew you guys all from that, um, I think it, you know, everyone is just so great to work with and nice and friendly, obviously, so. Um, it was easy to become a part of the team. Yeah, let's oh, talk that about that Duhawk thing for a second because um, Scott's not a Duhawk and Leah Beth's not a Duhawk, but everyone else is. How do you think being a Duhawk prepared us all for this? I know I that's know. I an on the fly question. <laughs> I think Loris's, uh, their media studies programs, like, uh, so unique because um, it's kind of like anything else, like, you kind of, you know, get what you make of it um, while you're there. But I think that all the professors and stuff that I had kind of like really pushed myself and other people I know that to kind of like just get better and practice and really kind of become many experts in like the little fields and stuff that we like. Yeah, you would kind of tailor the media studies degree to like what your interest was. Yeah. So I always focused on news where Charlie, you didn't really so much. You focused more on production and yeah. you got your own camera. You got creative with your projects where I was always making news packages. Mm-hmm. So it definitely gave us a wide set of skills. Yeah, and I think one of the things it also did is it, it taught us um, how to think critically in situations, which also creates oh, yeah. problem-solving opportunities. So how can I solve this problem so that it is efficient and then I also think it gave us all a, a sense, um, even if not necessarily forward, but but sort of deep within us, a sense of purpose that's kind of different than just graduating with a degree. I think we all left there with this idea that we had a responsibility to contribute in some capacity in, in a positive way with the gifts we, we got from Loris. And it's kind of cool to see the whole team. Yeah. The whole team lives that out differently because everybody has different skills, but everybody's using their skills for good. And that's super fun to watch. So one of the things we talk about sort of commonly when we have had other of the uh, staff on the podcast over time is what is it like and what good, bad, and other about working for a married couple? The dynamic between the two of us and how you, I mean, we sort of, Lauren and I have different roles. You know, she's a lot of the creative. I'm sort of the invoicing, accounting, business stuff. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think because we work, together and we are a couple it's not it's not weird or different to us you know yeah I was just gonna say that Charlie and then I'll just and this isn't like good or bad it's just kind of fun to observe like I feel like I know when like Lauren's maybe like trying to tell you something telepathically like (laughs) through her eyes like her eyebrows or something I'm like uh oh someone's in trouble it's like oh you weren't supposed to say that oh don't say that that's so true that's so true i feel bad actually because when scott when we fight it's like a we don't really fight it it's we're just kind of one of those couples we we certainly have disagreements and communication struggles but we don't fight and so when we do fight in the office it's like in a, a disagreement where we're starting to have a disagreement out loud and then it's just like shut up everyone can hear us 
Yeah, I think we actually. <laughs> so we go to Google Hangouts and. and then yeah, we do. Out. We do chat with each other on Google Hangouts. <laughs> most of the things, I mean, honestly, most of the stuff that we fight about in the office is like work stuff, and it's just like we have very different approaches to things. Um, yeah, you that's, know. that's probably good. Charlie and I do too. Yeah. Like, especially like when we're talking through it and you might be able to relate to this, but when we're talking through like a story and like Lauren's put it together because I don't put the stories together, but I like review them. I'm like, I feel like it's missing this or it should be like this. And Lauren's like, no, it doesn't need that. I already covered that. <laughs> I just, I'm like, I, I answer very abruptly. Yeah. Like very direct. Which, which is fine. Like I take no like ego shot for like having a bad idea because it is not my, I, I try to contribute best I can. Mostly I'm the guy who goes through and looks for like, editing errors and typos. That's like my skill set. But That's your MO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it is funny that you say that, Allison, because I think you can pick up when you're, when you're a couple that works together, working for another couple or mm-hmm. working with another couple, you can pick up when there's like a little bit of disagreement about what was said, but you're not going to address it because you're on a <laughs> video call or you're in the same room as the other couple. Mm-hmm. Just funny. Exactly. And you're right. I do like yeah. give Scott an eye <laughs> with maybe like an eyebrow that goes up or something like stop talking or mm-hmm. that's a terrible idea, <laughs> but I'm not going to say that in front of everybody. <laughs> it's just the the joys of that. Um, what do you, what advice do you all have? We have a, a pretty fair amount of listeners who work with their spouses or partners and actually are stuck at home right now working with them, not at the same job. But what advice do you have for others about working with each other and how to communicate well and also like try to separate, although it's dang near impossible, try to separate, like have an, an end to your day and a beginning to your time together not working? Um, I think you guys talk about it a lot, Lauren, but you guys are always talking about communication and how your style of communicating, you know, and you communicate differently and that's sort of how it evolved and I think that's the same for Charlie and I um I couldn't really tell you what our styles of communication yeah, <laughs> they just work for each other to know yeah you just kind of know when not to say certain things and like I don't know and I try to <laughs> yeah and like you said Lauren I like you said earlier Scott might suggest something you're like no I've already done that or no it's a terrible idea like I could have a tendency to do that too I think with Charlie and I try I really try to not do that so it's like think about it as if you weren't a couple and this is just your fellow employee would you say that to your fellow employee probably not it's so <laughs> hard nice. it's so hard sometimes I'm I really direct and I didn't even realize it and then I, I walk away and I'm like yeah. I was very direct and Scott comes back to me like five hours later because that's how he fights mm-hmm. and he's like I'm mad at you because of the way you said that to me and I'm like, what did I say? I moved on. I didn't even know I said that to you. <laughs> it's just a difference in communication. <laughs> but it's, it, I think it's fun. And yeah. I think it's a unique skill set to be able to work with your partner because. We've had a lot of other couples on this podcast talking about adoption and business and all that stuff. And it is a very unique thing to be able to work together every single day. And especially like for you guys, you did it. And then you decided you wanted to keep doing it in sort of a more intense way of like running a business up in, a, a, you know, in Chicago together. So you're kind of doing everything together. You don't even have like, I guess you have meetings with us, but you don't have meetings with like all these external people all the time. Yeah. And you still like each other. That's congratulations. <laughs> so far, so good. So far, so good. Well, is yeah. there anything else you want our listeners to know about you or about your work in Chicago or, or about your work with the production? Oh, I'm just yeah, yeah I'm excited to kind of see kind of just where things go once things 
start to kind of hopefully wrap up with coronavirus stuff. I know it probably won't be for a little while, but we've been busy so far. So yeah, we have. And I do, I guess I'll say that I like the dynamic of this situation um, between Charlie and I, because I think when it was, you know, us working at KCRG, it was a little bit of the Allison show, you know, like everyone kind of knew me and that was my town. I grew up there. So I just knew people from that. So now I just feel like now I'm like on Charlie's turf. We're in Chicago. I feel like the relationship's kind of different because when you're in news, you have to be so not. So not dating. You're like, he's not my boyfriend. He's my photographer. People hit on me in front of him and I'm just like, Like, I don't know what to say. (laughs) Charlie, I used to see that too. I used to intern, intern, quote unquote, intern for Lauren sometimes. And I would go and like, I remember one, we were like on a plane with uh, the army golden knights or whatever. And, and so like, so they're literally jumping out the back of the plane once we get to the top. And the guy who's the head guy is just flirting with Lauren up and down. Like you wouldn't believe. And I'm just sitting there just like, whatever. You just gotta, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. You're and, like, okay. And well, like you deal with it and you're not worried about it. But it's like, <laughs> and then afterwards you're like, you're like, that was awful that guy has no game whatsoever or so no, obvious or no idea that we're dating yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think you bring up a really good point allison that it was the allison show and now it's sort of both of your shows i think that we're the same way in the sense that i was on tv and he was my husband well he was my boyfriend and my fiance and my husband all while i was on tv mm-hmm. and it was just like he was always kind of mm-hmm. like uh from a public perspective, we were always kind of like a s- behind me. Like, this is Lauren Squires and this is Scott, you know? Yeah, well, and, and I had no desire to have like a, like, yeah. I'm, you know. And we all know Charlie doesn't like, either. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you do your public thing. I'll be, I'll be over there. And, so. But I think it's true. Yeah. I think it's no, very exactly. true. The whole idea of like letting it be a shared story now mm-hmm. of it's your, it's both of your mm-hmm. thing and not just one of you. And then also you're on Charlie's turf. That's a deep perspective there too. It's like, yeah. it is, uh, yeah. you can Seriously. finally talk about things that Charlie is doing and, and you're both doing them together, but it's like, he's kind of finally getting some of the credit too. We're in TV, no offense, Charlie, but nobody cared well, about Charlie. <laughs> yeah, it didn't bother me because I kinda, Charlie, that's like, that's my comfort zone in TV though. was kind of like, <laughs> like kind of being with like, you know, the photog kind of like, you know i i actually really identify with this charlie because so one of the things that i always say about my it job is the best job i can do as an it guy is for no one to ever know who i am (laughs) because the only way people know who i am is if something is screwed up and so it's just like hey it all went fine no problems you know right exactly yeah well charlie is so talented and he amazes me all the time with what he creates and does so i'm just I mean, I'm happy that it's like more of a spotlight on him now. <laughs> and you can like let your hair down. <laughs> That's one of the things I also loved about leaving television. <laughs> Except no instead of letting down. instead of letting my hair down, I actually just put it up in a ponytail all the time and wear glasses. <laughs> but um, there's something very nice about just kind of being who you are instead of being um, being sh- on all the time and being not that you were a different person on TV because I know that you're a genuine person, but. To just get to be Allison is probably such a joy compared to having to be the personality of Allison. Yeah, definitely. I still call Lauren Squires whenever something goes crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lauren Squires, what are you doing? Oh, Lauren, Lauren her, Squires. That's her alter that. ego. She's my alter ego now, but 
She carried me through my career. So, well, Charlie and Allison, yeah. this has been super fun. I wanted to give you both the the mic and a chance to kind of talk about what we're doing so that people can hear it in one format and you don't have to repeat yourself 85 times. Um, same for us. It's just so exciting to share the growth. Mm-hmm. And I agree with Charlie. I can't wait to see what happens and see how this evolves um, in whatever capacity it does. I just think it's cool to watch you two grow as storytellers and as a couple um, and then to watch it that then be like with our business and mm-hmm. seeing how people are interested in the work we're doing because it's a little bit different yep. because it's mission all- driven and, and our core values sort of drive us through all the things we're doing. Yeah. And people are already being, uh, you know, gravitating towards the, the stories you've told up there, uh, for our listeners, if you want to check out our Facebook page, we, they have already posted some videos on our page. Anything from Chicago is Charlie and Allison putting it together. Uh, we got some big events coming up, so there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out of there. So it's just been great. Keep up the good work, y'all. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Thank we will. You. Well, that was fun, Scott. Yeah, I was glad we did that one. It's a good one. It's funny because there are a lot of parallels between Charlie and Allison and you and me as far as, you know, kind of who does what in the in their part of the business and our part of the business, except Charlie's a creative. Yep. Well, they have different roles. I mean, they have different roles. They fit in a little bit differently. I think we trade back and forth between them. It's not an exact parallel, you know, me to Charlie, you to, to Allison. I think we take kind of both pieces of that. Uh, but it was it was that ability for them to work together and do all that that kind of made this a uh, attractive for us to go to do this with them. Yeah, and we're doing it together, certainly supporting their work and excited to see what happens. Thank you to all of our listeners this week for hearing all the things behind this story. We'd love to hear what you think. And if you're interested in doing business in the Chicago area. Or the Memphis area. Or for the that Memphis matter. area for that matter. Give us a holler. As always, you can send us comments or feedback at feedback at readyornotpodcast.com. We'll see and you next time here on Ready or Not. It's an honor when somebody trusts us to tell their story, and we don't take that lightly. I'm Lauren Reedy, owner and master of stories at Forever Ready Productions. And I'm Allison Wong, client manager for the Forever Ready Chicago office. Is it good? At Forever Ready, we specialize in telling stories for nonprofits. We know there are a ton of nonprofits doing amazing work in our community, and we want to help them share those stories. Our lead videographer, Charlie, is from Chicago and knows the city well. I grew up in Iowa, where I spent the first part of my career as a TV news reporter. Together, we make a great team. That, combined with our experienced team in Memphis, means we can create anything to support your work. I want Forever Ready to be built off of relationships and not just dollars or cranking out videos. I want us to feel like we're connected to our communities wherever we are, in Memphis and beyond, and like the work that we do means something. Stories are forever. And we're always ready 